Hey, welcome to another Coaching You podcast presented by Huddle Basketball and Huddle Assist, your best solution to capture and analyze every aspect of the game from the first tip to the final buzzer. Every year when the NBA draft is coming, there is only one person when it comes time to learn about this draft in a way that is so unprecedented uh, that Zach and I, when we talk and plan our podcast, we just always say, Make sure we get Jay on, Jay Billis. He is absolutely the voice of ESPN, but is also, you know, I always tease Jay. He could be the head of NCAA basketball, the ACC commissioner. He could be, you know, an NBA GM. Uh, But his knowledge of our draft and what he has done covering it basically on the last 20 years is absolutely incredible. So after this quick timeout, we're going to be back with the legendary legend, Jay Billis. Hi, this is Brendan Sir. I'm talking to coaches, PE teachers, ADs, and camp directors because I'm so excited to announce our newest Coaching You podcast partnership with my friends from 360 Hoops. What if I told you that I've witnessed the most innovative game, training, and exercise for kids that I've seen in decades? 360 Hoops takes up less space than traditional basketball and allows for more players to get involved in developing their basketball fundamentals. The three-sided basket is attached to wheels for easy transportation and can adjust from 7 to 10 feet. The uses are endless, from elementary and middle school recess to physical education class. It can also be used for team practice and skill development training for teams with players of all ages. For more information, visit www.play360hoops.com. To learn more about this new innovative product, make sure you mention Coaching You for a 10% discount. Hey, welcome back to our terrific draft preview show with our Coaching You faculty member and advisory board member, Jay Billis. How are you, my friend? I'm doing great, Brendan. How are you doing? Well, I'll tell you, this is a... Uh, I can only imagine, you know, my first draft was with the Atlanta Hawks with UB Brown and Mike Fertel was June of 1979. And I didn't know what the hell I was doing then and even now more so today. (laughs) You know, know, I don't know what the heck to expect from these kids. I feel badly for them that they haven't had what we normally do. But you tell me, what, what, what has been the biggest thing for you in trying to evaluate this draft? Not overthinking it, one, um, because, you know, it, it'll be interesting to me, Brendan, this year, without the traditional combine uh, and and having player interviews and then being able to bring players in for workouts, these teams are relying mostly upon the scouts that, that were out on the road to see them live and then the film that they have to watch. And I'm not sure that, that, that we all wouldn't be better off if we just went off what we saw in five on five and, uh, and sort of in relying upon the, the judgment of the people who saw them the most. Because I, I remember reading this in, in the book Moneyball years ago about sort of the recency bias of if you go and watch a guy hit a 500 foot home run and, you know, the, the bat made this unbelievable sound and he looks like Adonis and all that. But yet you, you know, you, t- you, you can sometimes overlook that the guy only hit 250 and, uh, and, you know, some of the, like he doesn't produce consistently. And so maybe going off of the body of work instead of off of the, uh, 
you know, off of like some workout things or, and I'll give you an example of this. Like, like, you know, you know, Chip England really well, who's sure. one of the, I think the best shooting coach in the, in the world. And, uh, uh, this is back when Corey McGetty was coming out of, out of college. So probably 1999. And Chip had told me that, that when, you know, McGetty could have some, some issues when he was going through a workout that he might, you know, miss a few shots, maybe affect his confidence a little bit. So he said, if you get in a situation, uh, leave your gym bag in front of all the scouts that are there and the GMs. And if you get in a situation where you miss a couple shots and you need a little bit of a break, go over to your gym bag and take your shirt off. <laughs> and he said, all they'll remember is, is that body you've got and how athletic you are. They'll forget that you missed a few shots. And I always laugh at that because I would have been, that would have been me. I would have gone, oh my God, I'd never put a shirt on if I were that guy. <laughs> how great is that? Chip is phenomenal. And, you know, I remember when, uh, when Mike D'Antoni, when I was with uh, Isaiah and he got let go with the Knicks and I was helping Mike D'Antoni through the pre-draft and Donnie Walsh had just moved over as president from Indiana and Donnie said, Brendan, I need help. I haven't seen a college player this year. Uh, and this was the great draft. This was the Russell Westbrook guys. These were fabulous kids coming in, Kevin Love and all these guys. And so I lined up. We had the six pick. And I said, okay, lined up all these guys. And I remember the first workout. And, you know, Mike was coming from Phoenix. And he loved the way he's playing now. Seven seconds or less was back then. No James dribbling the ball out front. <laughs> and so he, and uh, so I, I brought in, I remember Russell Westbrook was his first workout and of course we go through these shooting drills and russell can't make a shot can't make a shot and i'm i'm selling him on this kid in three years is going to be just a fabulous player and he misses every shot and dan tony walks over and says to me if you're going to be my effing scout better find someone that can shoot and i never <laughs> I never, I never forgot that. I said, you know, and 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 then you know, I kept saying every time we had the mock draft, I kept saying, "Who you want to pick at six? Russell Westbrook." And finally, the day of draft, I, he said, "I bet you still want to pick Russell Westbrook." I said, "No, he'll be going by three. <laughs> Don't worry, you know." But those coaches' workouts, I always felt there were a blessing and a curse, you know, because, you know, some guys get them in the front and they now, even though there should be really somewhat observers, they really want to get involved. Uh, so, you know, how do you think this plays out? Do you think the coaches defer totally or mostly? I think they will, yeah, unless yeah. they see something on film when they've seen it over and over again or or, you know, and that's sort of the body of work theory versus yep. what you've seen recently in a workout or, uh, you know, an interview, things like that. I mean, you don't want to dismiss it. I mean, all those things are important or can be important. But uh, rather than I think this year, rather than, you know, a lack of traditional information that, w that mm -hmm. would be gathered after the season um, and, and the absence of that really hurting you, it may not hurt you as bad as we think. Now, who knows? We, we're not going to find out for a while, but my guess is um, uh, you may be better off not having some of the the data that you would get over the summer, uh, or excuse me, over the spring, uh, because the summer they'd be in summer league. I mean, all these guys would already be on a team and, and through training camp now. Uh, I can't imagine what it's been like for these players and the uncertainty and how long this has taken them uh, to, to just continue to work out and work out and work out. You know, one of the things I was hoping during this tremendous flux, especially in the last month where now we didn't know, we knew when the draft was, but then free agency to start a season, et cetera. I was almost hoping that we would luck into 
doing free agency before the draft, which I really mm-hmm. think it would be smart like football does, you know, and all of a sudden add a player through free agency. And then maybe these kids that are being picked in the lottery, we would now really put them on based on need. Um, your feelings about something like that? Well, it'd be great if they could, could have worked that out. Uh, and I know, you, you know, it, there are so many things that could be tweaked in the process, but yeah. You know, this draft, perhaps more than any other since I've been covering it, 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 there there may not be a consensus number one pick, but there is there is depth of really, you know, really good players and guys that could be starters and all that stuff through the first mm-hmm. round and into the second. And I think this is probably the type of draft where, you know, best available player uh, may not be the way to go. You might want to go with, with a, a specific need here, um, especially toward the top of the draft. But there are some really talented players that, uh, that you know, all the way four through, four through 20 that, uh, that can wind up being starters in the league and guys that can really defend and, uh, and, and could, I think could really help a team uh, get better um, there's, there tends to be a feeling this year that, well, the draft's not as talented and, and all that stuff. And it may be true if you try to compare it to the 84 draft or some of these other 2003 draft, but, uh, but man, I, I can't remember a draft that's had this many quality wings that could defend and, and, uh, and have a chance to be really good, uh, than this one. Shall we try to take a stab and make believe that uh, you're the GM of a, a team somewhat? Uh, and uh, it, it, Minnesota, you know, obviously has so many needs. What are you thinking there? If you, if you, and uh, and this is not at all judgmental, but what, what do you, who do you who do you evaluate as maybe the best player? I think the best prospect in the draft is Anthony Edwards out of Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, he is. Uh, a freak athlete and just built like a freight train. Uh, he's got all the it, Tom Crean, his coach at Georgia yep. has said he's never coached a player, anything like him. And, and he's at Victor Oladipo and Dwayne Wade and said his capacity for work, how athletic and strong and, and all that stuff, um, his body control, body balance. Uh, so he can really score. He averaged 19 a game, uh, a good rebounder for his size, got really good length the only thing brendan is is he 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 doesn't know how to play yet and in my judgment so he 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 he, he, i think he should live at the free throw line and he only shoots about five a game uh because he settles for jump shots a lot and he shot a a relatively poor percentage he shot 40 percent overall which is around where trey young was a few years ago um, and he only shot 29% from three, but I think it was because of shot selection and the, the difficulty of shot he chose versus balancing that with putting it on the deck and forcing people to foul him and scoring a lot of points from the free throw line. And I don't think he's as focused a defender as he needs to be, uh, but when he does it, man, he can really do it. Uh, when he sits down in the stance, you're not getting past him with his length and athleticism, but, you know, Part of it is like, you know, in today's game, you're going, well, the kid's only 19. And so should do we expect him to be a finished product as far as playing hard all the time and, and being as concentrated as he need to be? Or are we willing to say, you know, he's going to he's going to get there. And because his his uh, intent, like all the things that he can do, his skill level, his athleticism, uh, it, 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 it screams number one pick. If you're Golden State with incredible Curry and, and Clay Thompson coming back, 
And and you have our Michigan, one of our favorite all time guys, you know, and Draymond from Michigan State. I mean, what would you go with there? I'd probably go with James Wiseman mm-hmm. from uh, from Memphis. He's seven one. He's got a seven six wingspan. He reminds me a lot of. He's left handed, so that's probably part of the calculus for me. But he reminds me a little bit of of Chris Bosh uh, in his ability level, and uh, he can block shots. He can really run. He's very mobile. So in pick and roll, he sets good wide screens, and then he uh, he rolls hard. Uh, his hands are really good. He can protect the rim, and he rebounds at a really high level. If this were 10 years ago, he'd be the number one pick, and we wouldn't think twice about it, maybe even five years ago. But because the game's changed so much now, I think we're looking more along the lines of, of you know wings and you know guys that can really shoot it and stretch it and all that. I think Wiseman's going to be able to knock down uh, an NBA three with consistency, so he can be a you know pick-and-roll and a pick-and-pop big. Um, but I, I, I mean, I think he's terrific. I think he's the best big man in the draft. And, uh, it's just, it's just, you know, maybe my bias 10, 15 years ago would have been toward the bigger guy. And now it seems like it's, it's mitigating against it, uh, because of the way the game's changed. I thought he was a definite need for golden state. Now at that, at that third pick, you know, you know, with Charlotte, your hometown team now, (laughs) you know, is it LaMelo Ball that everyone's saying? That's what everyone seems to say. Right. And I haven't seen LaMelo Ball play in person since, like, high school. Right. So, uh, you know, I watched tape and all that, but but his positional size at 6'7", six, 6'8", six, and his, he's really a, a magnificent passer. But he's another guy. He, he doesn't really defend, and he doesn't shoot it particularly well. Um, I, don't, I don't know that he's going to develop a shot to where it's going to be ultra consistent it's kind of like his brother lonzo you know you're going okay well he he doesn't shoot it great uh although lonzo shot it a hell of a lot better than than lamello does right. but uh, lamello's bigger and uh, rebounds better and a little bit better in transition i think a little bit better passer which is saying a lot um the one thing i don't know and and i don't mean to to be flipping about it but He's not had a normal socialization in the game. You know, he went to he went to a bunch of high schools. He played in Lithuania. You know, he's he's been he's had a reality TV show, and then he um, he went to Australia, and I think really matured a lot in Australia. But I just don't know enough to say, okay, well, he'll be able to fit in right away with a group of grown men in the NBA. Um, maybe he will. Maybe he won't. I, I mean, I'd have to satisfy myself of that. But there are a lot of people that think he's the most, like Mike Schmitz, who right. is as good a talent evaluator as I know, ranks him the, the number one prospect. Doesn't mean he'll be the number one pick, but he thinks he's the, the best prospect. Yeah, no, I so when Mike said that, it really made me take it, you know, because I had, unfortunately, a bias against him all the way back to high school and stuff. And I never saw him finish what he started, whether it be in New Zealand or in Lithuania or whatever. And that's what my question is, because you got to finish in this business. You've got 100 games a year, and you know, and you can only play 13 in New Zealand and a handful in Lithuania. I know it's you're young and everything, but this is a grown-up man's league, you know. You know, that's a, Brennan, that's a great point, and, and that's the decision I would have is, okay, are you going to take the, the upside talent of LaMelo Ball, even though I don't think he can shoot it? Or would you take somebody like Tyrese Halliburton from Iowa State, who I think is the best guard in the draft? Wow. You know, he's long-armed, very, very uh, 
very, very good with the ball, shoots it really well, incredibly mature, um, can defend. I mean, he, he's ready to play right now. Now, is he going to be a superstar in the league? I don't know, but he's going to be a, he's going to be a, a, a outstanding player for a long time or Isaac Okoro from Auburn, who is maybe the best wing defender in the draft and uh, uh, an unbelievable worker that can attack the rim and great in transition, but, but can, can really guard one through four and, and competes every minute he's on the floor. Um, I think he's going to improve his shot. You know, he's not going to be Reggie Miller or anything, but, but he's going to improve his shot and, uh, and it passes it well. Like he's a guy that the Warriors would love. I don't know if it's worth taking him at the two spot, but I don't see him lasting beyond seven. I saw Bruce Pearl said maybe the best player he's ever coached. That that's he's some statement. Else. That's some statement I mean, from Bruce. Yeah, right. that's saying a lot because he's had a lot of great players, but he's different. This guy, and and especially in today's NBA, where and that that's sort of my point about the number of wings you have in this draft. And, and guards that can really uh, function at a high level and and can play both ends of the floor. Uh, and Okoro is one of those guys that can switch off onto just about anybody. And, and you know, again, talking about today's game, it's one thing for you to be able to guard your position, but, it, you know, you can be really valuable if you can, if you can switch off and handle whomever you switch off onto. And Okoro is one of those guys that can do that. Prepare like the pros with the new FastDraw. FastDraw is the number one affordable coaching tool used by pro and high school level teams worldwide. With FastDraw, you can save your plays and playbooks digitally, attach video and share with other coaches and your players in seconds. In addition to a great product, they also provide basketball coaching content and resources through their blog and play bank, which features over 8,000 free plays and drills from their online coaching community. For access to these plays and more information, visit FastModelSports.com or follow them on Twitter at FastModel. Don't forget to use promo code CU10, that is CU10, to receive 10% off your next FastModel purchase. MindView is an amazing, amazing company that literally is just releasing a platform. They have developed an incredible assessment that we have just totally, totally been blown away with because on this assessment that you can take in a matter of 15 minutes or so, 20 minutes on your phone, the things that you've never been able to measure before, like resilience, grit, hope, adaptability, all these things, they are able to measure them as to how you're thinking and feeling right now. This is a game changer as far as I'm concerned. I'm a strength finder guy. I love all that. But MindView is the latest technology. It is just literally coming on the market right now. The platform that they've created is second to none. The emphasis right now on your players' mental wellness is unprecedented. I'm sold on MindView. Now it's your turn. For more information about MindView, M-I-N-D-V-U-E, please contact the COO, Cleet McQuinn. His email is cmcquinn at mindview.com or visit their website at mindview.com. Jay, I think the draft might really start at four because I think everyone consensus has one, two, three exactly as you rated them and evaluated them. But I think, you know, if we're, if I'm not, you know, Luka Doncic 
you know, was in that three five Dallas, you know, uh Atlanta trade a few years ago. And I'm not sure there's a better young player I've seen come into the league than that guy. And and so you know, who do you like for Bulls and Cleveland and stuff like that? Because I think this player, these players could end up being rookies of the year. Yeah, I've got, you know, on, on the list that I have of prospects, sure. which is not necessarily where they're going to be drafted Absolutely. or, you know, need no all mock draft or anything. I've got uh, Tyrese Halliburton, number four from Iowa State. Uh, Denny Avdia uh, from Maccabee Tel Aviv, who's, who's like 6'9", 6'10", uh, very skilled. I think your point about Luka Doncic actually helps Avdia, that, that he's going to be looked upon in a more favorable light, which happens all the time. Uh, you know, a, an international player comes over, does really well, and it, I think it gives others a boost. One comes over, it fails, and then and you know you're skeptical for a short period of time, which sure. which isn't fair or right either way, but but it, it does happen. Uh, I've got Obi Toppin of Dayton, who I liken to an Amari Stoudemire type player, uh, next at at six on the list, and then I've got uh, Isaac Okoro, whom we've talked about, and then Devin Vassell of Florida State, who is another guy. That uh, like uh, Okoro can, except he's a better shooter. Like Vassell can really shoot, and he he can really defend. Excellent in transition, long armed, rebounds his position, and played you know played for Leonard Hamilton, where he only played twenty eight minutes a game because they've got so many guys they want to move in and out so they can keep the pressure on you. You know, you extend out his numbers to a you know per forty minutes, and uh, and he put up some eye popping numbers. You know, uh, Leonard Hamilton, he is just producing quality pros every single year. And he has another player in the draft who people rave about and could be a lottery pick also is Patrick Williams, is it? Yeah, Patrick Williams. I, I think he will be a lottery pick. Um, six nine and uh, six eight, six nine, long, huge hands. Uh, can impact the game defensively on the glass. And then he is, I think, a good shooter. So he, he shot extraordinarily well from the free throw line, especially for a bigger guy, and can knock down an open shot. And he's one of those guys that, that he's, he's kind of scratching the surface of how good he's going to be. Um, but he, he's been garnering a lot more discussion of late. Uh, you know, I, I've got him ranked number number 10 uh, and you know that you could argue that may be too high given what he's going to do early, because I think it will take him a little while to figure it out. But once he figures it out, uh, he's got all the tools to be a to be a great player. And then there's another big guy on Yeka Kongwu from USC, who Mike Schmidt says is better than James Wiseman. He, he's got him as the the number one big guy in the draft. I don't know that that he's he's ranked him uh, higher. I think he's got him fifth overall. Uh, on on his his mock, but Okongwu is uh, a little bit like um, Bam Adebayo, I'd say, except he doesn't shoot it or pass it as well as Adebayo does. Adebayo is a really good passer, and Okongwu's not at that level yet. But he does like he's a lob threat, uh, stick backs, high level rebounder, uh, can run, sets really good screens, and good pick and roll big guy, but just not a uh, not a perimeter, you know, kind of 15, 17 foot shooter that he can, you know, he can pop off a pick and roll and knock a shot down consistently. Maybe he'll be able to do it, but he's not doing it yet. You know, Andy Enfield, I saw him on one of those interviews last week, this weekend. And uh, he just said the thing that really impressed me about him when he said he might be as good a person as he's ever coached. 
And I'm and I love that, you know, when because this is when they're walking as young people into this league, you got to fit into you know into a team, and there's no better way than being a humble, great kid, and and this kid um, and a worker, you know. Uh, you know, that it seems to be so good. What other guys do you like just in general in the first round that you like? I'm a big fan of Sadiq Bay of Villanova. And to your point about, you know, Kongu being a, a, a great young man, uh, that's becoming more the norm than the exception to me. Good. Um, I, I think in years past, you know, you have to go back a while, but, but in years past, you're like, oh, man, you guys a little bit of a case, you know, they, people would always say they got character issues. The you know, guy sure. was a pain in the ass had character issues. It either meant drugs or that. And, yes. and now, I mean, it's, it's remarkable how often, uh, when you're talking to a coach or somebody who knows the player, they talk about, man, you, you wouldn't believe what a, what a good kid this is, you know, how humble and, uh, uh, you know, what a worker and how it goes out of his way to help his teammates, you know, things like that. So you've heard a lot more of that. Maybe it's because it's become more valued on every level. Um, and, and coaches have reinforced it. I uh, want to give a lot of credit to their parents, but sure. I'm a, I'm a big Sadiq Bay fan uh, shoots. He's, he's probably a big guys. He is six, eight, six, seven. He's probably the best shooter. You know, he shot 45% from three last year for Jay Wright and led the Big East in, in three-point percentage. And another guy that can play at both ends of the floor. Um, you know, he's gotten better shooting off the dribble, but he, he guards and he rebounds at a, at a high rate um, for being a perimeter big. And uh, he's not even a big guy. He's a wing. But, um, uh, you know, I think he's one of those guys that, you like you mentioned Draymond Green earlier, that that the league is coveting more that that seems to be able to uh, uh, have a greater impact now guys that can uh, shoot it good cutter good passer the ball doesn't stick and then they can they can guard uh, multiple positions on the other end and you're not having to protect them all the time I'm, I'm also <clears throat> having done this for a long time I also am, um, I'm really biased to get about having kids that play in really good programs I I drafted Tom Izzo kid. I drafted Jay Wright kid. You know, I, I, you know a Tony Bennett kid, a Coach K kid. I know they can play. I know they're coming from good, demanding programs. Uh, talk about the Michigan State kids who are just, as always, all Tom's kids. I hate to say it, are tough, smart kids. You know, they, you know, but he's got two of them. Well, if you're going to survive there, <laughs> you'd better be smart and tough and and be willing to to be coached. Right. Um, Cassius Winston, uh, we'll start with him, is just as good of a point guard leader as you're going to get. Um, you know, he's not a great athlete, uh, but he knows how to play. He's just so good off pick and roll. Uh, he, can, it, it, he knocks down open shots, uh, a, a fabulous passer. And uh, the, only, the only issue for Cassius is, is his defensive liabilities are real. Like, he's not a great defender. He's not a super athletic defender, uh, so he's he's going to get attacked on the defensive end. And, and defense has always been, you know, sort of the biggest question mark with him, even in college. And he got better. He improved throughout his four years. It wasn't a high priority when he first got there, but but he improved on it. But it's not a natural skill of his. It's not like he's, uh, you know, he's like uh, um, the kid from Duke, Trey Jones, who's a great on-ball defender. Yeah. Sorry, he's long arms, hard to get around, and stuff like that. That's not that's not Cassius, 
Um, and then it'll be interesting to see how, how Xavier Tillman does. Like I, I had him just outside the top 30. Um, and some people have him going in the first round. He, he's, he's a six, eight big guy. So he, he's really a six, eight, five man in college. And, uh, uh, he can block shots, but I don't expect him to be a, a big shot blocker in the NBA. Um, but what he really does is he's a, he's a quarterback on defense. Like he's, he calls everything out. He's he's always in the right spot. Uh, rotates really well. Uh, an excellent pick and roll defender is a big guy. Um, whether he hedges, you name it, traps, he does it all and calls it out. He'll talk it, which you know if you can't talk it, you can't you can't guard it. And he can talk it. Um, and he can make you know from a pick and pack uh, pop standpoint, he can make an open shot. Uh, really good finisher off rolls. I think he shot like sixty seven percent as a roll man. If I remember right, and uh, and just a, a, as mature and uh, and selfless a player as you're going to find. He's, he's married, has a has a young child, and uh, you know he's a he's a man already uh, with a man's responsibilities and and plays like it. And for that, I love him. You know, for that to be able to do it, Jay. We're going to take a quick timeout, and we'll be right back. We're thrilled to have our longtime partners and friends at Dr. Dish Basketball on board as sponsors of the Coaching You podcast. Dr. Dish machines are undoubtedly the most user-friendly and advanced machines in the world of basketball today. Dr. Dish has completely revolutionized and reimagined the shooting machine to provide the best solution on the market. Join top programs around the world like Duke, North Carolina, Florida, and countless others and upgrade your shooting machine to Dr. Dish. Dr. Dish machines are the best way to increase purposeful reps in your program to get players better, faster, while tracking progress along the way. Dr. Dish provides so much more than just your standard shooting machines with custom training, pro trainers, and coaches on demand, real-time and detailed analytics, and top-of-the-line drills and workouts. If you're looking to take your program to the next level, look no further than Dr. Dish for the best basketball training machine in the world. If you have an old machine that's just collecting dust in your gym, did you know that you can trade that into Dr. Dish for up to $1,500 off and get a new dish? Make sure to give our friends at Dr. Dish a follow at Dr. Dish B-Ball on Twitter and Instagram for great daily drills, workouts, tips, and inspiration. Or contact us at drdishbasketball.com. Don't forget to mention Coaching You or our podcast for $300 off your purchase. The best basketball coaches are relying on data more than ever. That's why coaches love Huddle Assist. With Assist, you get full game breakdowns, including complete team and player stats in less than 24 hours. Your stats are ready when you need them. And Assist is more than just a box score. Use interactive reports like shot charts and advanced stats like the li- like lineup data, VPS, and of course effective field goal percentage to coach smarter. Plus, Assist brings your stats to life. Every stat is marked on the video at the moment it happened. See every shot, turnover, rebound, and much more with just a few clicks. Want to see how Huddle Assist is elevating basketball? Visit huddle.com slash assist. That's H-U-D-L dot com slash assist to learn more. 
We're back with uh, Jay after his quick timeout. And, Jay, as you look at the end of the first round, I know it's all about need at that point, and there's going to be, I think, a lot of trades now, I think, in this, as we get up to the, tra- the draft. Um, give me a handful of guys that you think could be late first or mid, mid to late first or early second. Well, I would say Daniel Oturu of, uh, of Minnesota would be one, um, a guy that really improved throughout his time playing for Richard Pitino. Uh, really good rebounder, you know, long-armed, can step away and shoot it, uh, and and I think is going to be a, a valuable asset uh, in the NBA. Um, one guy, Brendan, that I think is going to be interesting to see where he goes is Tyler Bay of Colorado. Uh, you know, six eight defensive player of the year in uh, in the Pac twelve, seven uh, one wingspan, uh, and a guy that can really guard multiple positions and, and re- a rebounder. Uh, you know, just a great teammate, um, and you know, offensively can hold his own. I think he's one of those guys that whether it's late first, early second, um, he's going to have an impact, and and he's going to do well uh, in the NBA. And then it'll be interesting to see what happens to, to two guys, I think. Desmond Bain of TCU is one of the best shooters in the draft and another guy who's, whose maturity is uh, it, you know, a leading aspect of, of how good of a prospect he is. And then Malachi Flynn of mm-hmm. San Diego State, who is not a big guard. He's only about 6'2", 6'3", maybe. Transferred to San Diego State from Washington State and did it all there. I mean, he, he can really shoot it. He can score. He's, he's excellent with the ball. And, and just he stays in front of people. He's a really good defender. But you look at his athletic profile going, how can he stay in front of these guys? He's not the quickest or the strongest. But, but he, he just he, he knows how to play. And for a guy that, you know, he, he was probably the best guard defender in that league. And, you know, the pandemic hurt so many people. And and uh, so many, you know, like kind of dashed so many dreams. But there were three teams that I thought, you know, this is the best shot they may have ever had to win it. One was Dayton. Yep. The other was Florida State, and the the third was San Diego State. All of them had had legitimate Final Four chances that were were dashed by the pandemic. And and my heart went out to to everybody, but especially to those guys. But it's a great point. And and Leonard Hamilton, we'd love, you know, and would love to, you know, to be coaching as long as he is, have such great teams and to be underrated. (laughs) You know, to be underrated at 71, my God, he is so freaking good. and, And his teams play so hard. He's always got a great coaching staff to help him, and you know you're 100% right on that one. And you know what? And he's going to reload again, right? I mean, he always oh, does. he'll be back. Yeah, I mean, every every year he'll be the one that says, "Oh, don't worry about it." You know, we, we got through it and all that stuff. And you're going, "Holy cow!" Like, I wish I I wish my my best day was like Leonard's worst. Obi Topping and Dayton were a spectacular team. Everyone is saying that Obi and Mike Schmitz even said he believes that he he would not be surprised if he was the rookie of the year. I I, I think that I think sometimes when the young kids, he's I think he's really ready to play and he's really been well coached. Um, thoughts on him? I know Mike concerned a little bit about his defense, but it, for a league that doesn't play a whole lot of it right now, right now as opposed to when my bad boys were there, I mean, you know, he he's a heck of a talented kid. 
really talented. And, you know, heck, he was, he was like a, a six-foot junior in high school or 6'1 or 6'2, something like that. And now he's, he's 6'9. And, I mean, he's a, he's a young, you know, junior version of Amari Stoudemire with the way he plays. Um, you know, his ability to run, uh, he plays above the rim. Um, you know, as soon as one thing, as soon as the shot goes up, he's gone. Yeah. I mean, he could be a better rebounder. I think he leaks out a little bit too early, but he puts such pressure on opposing big guys with his ability to run. And, uh, and then he can, he can shoot it. Like he shot almost 40% from three last year. And so his ability to pick pop roll, whatever it is, and you lob it up to him and he'll go get it very productive, uh, and just a, a tremendous, uh, teammate. Uh, so look, they had a lot of reasons. Dayton had a lot of reasons why they were twenty nine and two or whatever they were when the season ended, uh, because they they had a legit, really good team that had great depth and great talent across the board. But without him, there's no way they would they would have been in that position. He he was by far the best player, and I think the best player in the country last year. So with his maturity level and, and with the right team, he could come in and, and certainly be rookie of the year. That wouldn't that wouldn't shock me. But you, you could there are a bunch of guys in this one if things fall right that uh, that have that ability. Uh, you know how many times have we seen in the last ten years? You know the, the the number one pick doesn't get you know doesn't get the rookie of the year. It's somebody else. You know you 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 get to follow your alma mater a lot, do a lot of your games at Duke, and I, I thought Vernon Carey was a heck of a college player and uh and, and i love trey jones and and catcher stanley was as good an athlete since mcgetty almost right i mean uh that k had there uh what do you think about those three all our potential first round picks uh-huh. uh i think two of them are probably going the second though yeah uh in this year's draft that that you know trey jones i think i i I have him as a first round pick because yeah. of one, he's a tremendous leader and uh, uh, very good with the ball. Excellent passer uh, has really improved his shooting. You know, he's six, three, but his arms are long. His defense is especially on ball. I think he's the best on ball point guard defender in the draft. Uh, great pressure on the ball uh, blows up uh, dribble handoffs. Um, r- really something else. Um, He's had a hip surgery in his past, which I don't think will be a problem. But, you know, anytime somebody's had a hip surgery at that age, you have a little bit of concern over it. Uh, Vernon Terry, left-handed, dad played in the NFL, um, really strong uh, interior player that has the ability to face up, but it's not his, his primary strength. Uh, but double-double guy every time he stepped on the floor last year. Uh, block shots, really productive. I just don't know that his his game in college translates as easily to the NBA as some others. Like he's not, you know, it, it, there isn't the low post necessity that there used to be. It's more of a spread floor game. So does that, you know, does that mean that he's not going to be as coveted? You know, I, I I have him in the ranked in the low thirties, I think, as a player, and then just just behind that is Cassius Stanley. Um, because he is so ridiculously athletic. He's a little bit small and he's an older player. He's been around for a while. He didn't, not in, in college, but, uh, you know, he was, he was older when he got to Duke. Uh, but, uh, you know, shoots it. Okay. 
but but so above the rim athlete. Like I agree with you from an explosiveness standpoint, it would be McGetty and uh, and yeah. Zion Williamson, and then and then Stanley probably. Well, Grant Hill would probably give me a phone call. Oh yeah, Grant no, he, both of us. Yeah, no, he's. You know, <laughs> uh, I I want to say to you uh, again two two guys that I loved Sam Merrill and uh, oh actually the third Sam Merrill, uh, Peyton Pritchard. Okay, and. Yudoka Azabuke, <laughs> what a college player, and Marcus Howard. If you could talk about those guys, they're so productive at the college level, and I think they all fit in the league. I really do. In a I big think so way. too. In a big yeah. way. I think Peyton Pritchard will be the first one of those drafted uh-huh. uh, from Oregon. Uh, Peyton Pritchard won four state titles in high school. Uh, he, he, that wow. guy doesn't win his winning it an accident. He wins because of, of not only his, his skill level, and, but, but he's unbelievably competitive. Took, uh, Oregon to a final four and, uh, took him to a PAC 12 championship when the season seemed like it was over. He just turned it, turned it on and, and made it happen almost by himself. Um, never gets tired. Uh, you know, you could say, well, he's not the best athlete, all that stuff. But he's he's strong. He never stops moving. He can shoot. Um, a good passer uh, handles it really well. Uh, but I think you know you're drafting kind of his determination as the number one aspect of his uh, you know, being a, a really good player, really good prospect. But I see him probably an early second round pick. Right. Uh, you mentioned Yudoka Azubuki. He's probably the biggest play he's not like a rim protector he's more of a lane protector <laughs> he, <laughs> he takes up so much space uh really long-armed he shot like 75 percent for his career in college isn't that incredible which, i think ridiculous. that eclipsed steve johnson's record when he was at uh, yeah. oregon state back in the early 80s um so as a bookie one thing another guy in today's game he, he's gonna be successful in the nba is he going to be a starter? I, I don't know that. Um, he doesn't, you know, five feet and in, he's dunking it. Uh, further out, it's a little harder for him to score. Sure. And uh, and he doesn't make his free throws, which which is a little bit of a problem. Yes. But he does rebound, and and he's a lot more mobile than he used to be. But he's going to find himself when he's in there. They're going to put him in a lot of pick-and-roll situations on the perimeter. You're Marcus Howard, Wojo's kid. Yeah, I, I love that kid. Um, obviously, he can really score. Uh, now, some will say, well, yeah, you let somebody take shots like he takes. And uh, I don't really agree with that. That's like complaining about, you know, Maravich throwing the ball behind his back or something. But, uh, I, I, you know, he's small, which, you know, defensively, people go at him. But because he can score so so easily and his range is unlimited, he gets the shot off quickly. Uh, I think he'll. I think he'll play in the NBA, and he'll probably be a late second round pick. Right. As will Sam Merrill. Uh, yeah, I mean, his chance of Sam Merrill from Utah State could go undrafted, but but he he's another guy that can really shoot it. He's an excellent cutter. Uh, you know, he plays with really good pace, but he's always moving, and uh, and you know, a good good enough defender. Uh, but his ability to uh, to shoot the ball. And to uh, to cut and all that, he, he he can he's an offensive threat out there, and he's older and knows how to play. Um, and and I, I like guys like that. You know, I know I'm I'm an advocate for the players getting paid and all that. Uh, this is one of the unfortunate times that uh, I'm I'm sad that we only have 
in a way, only two rounds. Uh, but also, I wish we didn't have as many guaranteed contracts because I think there's kids that are going to go undrafted that are going to be better than kids drafted. Not even close yeah, oh, yeah. this year. That happens every year. I mean, yep. I, you know, it, it, it's interesting. Like, I, I came out of college back when, you know, everybody that could, could uh, walk and chew gum got drafted, which is why I got drafted, because I was a really <laughs> good gum chewer. But, but when, you know, the one thing that hurt me with regard to that, I got drafted by the Dallas Mavericks when the Mavericks were Pacific Division champions. So I had to go through training camp and all. I wound up having to go to Italy because, you know, if you get cut, in veterans camp, there's no chance to hook on with somebody else. Right. So if I had been an undrafted, I could have chosen where I, where I went and it would have given me a chance to, to look at rosters and say, okay, well I can make this team easier than I can make this other team. Yeah. So sometimes being undrafted, uh, even though it's no fun on draft night is, uh, is a blessing in disguise. You know, and there, and there's no two way contracts. There's no, we're virtually, I think, 28 or 29 teams this year at, with G League teams. Next year, supposedly be 30, uh, which is a real advantage now for these young people. And uh, I think it's really going to be fun. I can't wait till Wednesday night, Jay. And I think it's going to be fun. And always watching and listening to you teach us how to be a little smarter on that night will be fun, my friend. Thank you, as always. Well, thanks for having me, Brendan. Always great to be with you. As I told you, like like the Masters, it's a tradition. We can't stop it coaching you, having you on, the, having you, man. This is fantastic, and I really appreciate it. Thanks again. Oh, Jay. it's always my pleasure. Great to be with you. I know now. I am ready for the NBA draft on Wednesday night, and so really, we want to provide this preview to educate you, so you can enjoy it as much as we do. So, seven o'clock Eastern time, Wednesday night, ESPN. The 2020 NBA draft for the first time in November for these young people that are going to change their lives. Till next week, this is the coach, Brendan Sir.